You know, the process of growth is something that I've learned in 2021 in all, oh man, I really hate to say it, in all 29 years of my life, it's a very lonely process. And I think it's a necessary process. Um, Understanding that I've literally within this career change or endeavor that I'm going on now for IT, it's it's required me to move to work at nights. Um, so basically my entire modus operandi, how I operate, how I sleep, um, how I spend my time, <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's different. And it's a change and it's a shakeup that before I even took this job, I um, I was scared, man. I was like, dude, like what are my friends going to think? You know, my family, things like that. And I realized that this is necessary. You know, um, I was actually talking to one of my homeboys about this <clears throat> um, just a couple weeks ago. A shot to Jordan Lewis. But, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking big picture. I'm not really thinking about the near future. I'm thinking about the big picture like five years down the road, you know what I mean? And the things that I'm doing now, I'm making that count towards what I want later on. So I try not to get too lost in my growth process. I know that it's lonely and at times that it feels as though I'm isolated. You know, I I live alone, so I don't live with that. I don't have any roommates. Sorry, I got, literally just woke up and I I was like, I got to talk about this, so. So trying to refresh everything. <clears throat> Continue to keep clearing my throat. It's a good song, by the way. Anyways, um, yeah, so I feel like for those who feel alone, if you feel lonely, that's there's one thing that I can say about this process is that I feel alone, but I'm not lonely. There's a difference. I think loneliness is a trait for people who can't function without an outside force. And I don't really struggle with that. Um, You know, sometimes I, like when I'm asleep, you know, I sleep most of the day. Um, The minute I get off work, the minute I punch out, you know, I go straight to the gym. Um, Usually I'll go home, make me something to eat, go to, you know, shower, sleep. You know, but now, you know, this isn't something. And that's another thing. I knew that this isn't something that I'm going to be doing for forever. <clears throat> you know, it's going to take a lot of time for me to adjust and get my training done. And I definitely have long term goals for this IT thing. But, you know, during the journey, it's OK to sometimes stop and smell the flowers, you know. Um, you know, I'll be oh man, I'll be 30 next year. <laughs> You know, but I don't really set any milestones like, you know, people talk about, oh, well, by 24, I want to have a kid and a house and a wife. And nah, nah, man, I set my milestones a little bit differently. First off, even if I wanted to think about having a kid, I at least want to make sure that everything is prepared and everything's ready to go. I I see like I don't want to be that unprepared parent, you know, not saying that people who have kids that are my age and below aren't prepared, but we're all different. You know, I still got a lot to think about, though. I still got time. You know, 
I'm not really tripping on that too much, but back to the back to the topic at hand. So growth. What is your growth? You know, for me, you know, I want to be able to grow financially. I want to be able to grow mentally, spiritually, um, physically. Obviously, I'm more active in the gym. You know, I'm going about four to five days a week. So um, it takes a, it t- it's different, man. <laughs> it takes a different type of a mental toughness to work nights. Um, the good news is that it's only eight hours. So it's not like I'm working like 12 hour shifts. Like, I don't know how my mom was able to work like all those shifts, um, 12 hour shifts and still be functional. And, you know, she's got three kids, my siblings. So. Yeah, man, I just want to be able to do cool shit, man. I want to be able to excuse my language. I want to be able to like buy cool things, <laughs> you know, um, and and <clears throat> really invest in my podcast. And I know it's going to take some time, you know, um, right now I'm currently studying um, or I began studying for my certifications. So like that's going to be dope. Because I like IT. IT is something that I think I can do. It's a little more behind the scenes, which is what I like. Um, I like human interaction, which I get that about three days a week and then some. um, Because how my schedule works is like I'll have, what is it? I have eight days on. I work eight days in a row and then I'll have two days off. And then I'll work seven days in a row and then I'll have four days off. So like this is good for my PTO building, too, man. Like, honestly, if I wanted to work, if I wanted to, you know, take off an additional like couple days, I could do it, man. I could take off like six days in a row if need be, Um, you know, but I I have a good team of people around me. Um, I'm determined to get all that done, man. And I've had a lot of people reach out, you know, and talk to me about their growth and their journey and things like that. Um, somebody asked me though, they were like, so, you know, it was after my last relationship, <clears throat> somebody asked me like, so do you have any desire to date again? The answer to that question is no, not under any like traditional circumstances, if that makes sense. Um, especially where I'm at right now. Like I work nights. Okay. <laughs> I work nights and I really don't have time to like date for real. You know, I've got to work on you know, getting my sleep and, you know, making sure that I'm good to go for work before anything else, you know, some casual though, like what about like what I'm looking for? I just thought about this. So I'm just on this rant about other stuff, but that's what I'm looking for. Some, something chill, man, some casual, you know, nothing too, nothing too major. Not saying I won't be a committed like partner, but I recognize that like, I can't do the normal traditional like well date night this weekend you know because i got you know brother's got to work <laughs> you know so uh, that's also part of my growth man is learning the type of women that i should be going after um that's also a part of it you know i can't discount my gut feeling i always listen to your gut that's what i learned um but yeah this 2022, I'm going to try to make this a good year. I'm going to try to make this a better year than it was in 2021. Um, I was blessed and unfortunate enough to um, have the people around me that I cherish the most this year. And I hope that next year, you know, that it, it continues. I hope that nothing changes. You know, the status quo of my life and just the 
the way things are going, it makes it easier, you know, to know that my mom is okay, that my stepdad is good, my siblings are good, you know, my dad um, and my cousins, you know, and my friends. So also before I, I forgot, I got to, I'm going to go ahead and say it now, <clears throat> but um, shout out to Rosie and shout out to Maya. Those are my two co-workers. I told them I'd give them a shout out finally. And the shout out is here. You know, those are two uh, awesome young ladies that I work with, with their whole lives ahead of them. Um, you know, although I may seem like I'm a not so nice person <laughs> at work, although um, Rosie does deserve everything that she gets for the most part. But they're they're very smart individuals and they actually listen to my podcast, brother. That's kind of dope to have people listen to my podcast and tell me like, hey, I heard this episode about blah, 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 like. That's dope, man. That means the world to me. Whenever people like reach out to me and tell me about the episodes I've done, even some that I've actually forgotten. Ah, man, it's good. It's real good. But um, yeah, man, just know uh, more episodes coming in 2022. Got some new a new plot twist, some things coming, um, you know, in the near future. So the platform is going to change just a little bit as far as what it's going to be about. Uh, I'm still going to I'm still going to continue to do, you know, my sports commentary. I'm still going to continue to do my news stories and stuff like that. Obviously, Um, I might even take the platform to YouTube. I'm not really sure how to do that. Um, I wish that Anchor would allow the Anchor to YouTube platform to like transition so that I can get listeners on YouTube and, you know, get this thing monetized. Man, that'd be kind of dope because in my future, like if I had. If I if I had a an idea of what if I, if I could pick my future, bro, you just look at all these sports analysts and you look at all these people with podcasts, man, and you, Joe Rogan gets paid. I'm not saying I want like Joe Rogan money, you know what I'm saying? But like if I could strike a deal with Spotify, which, by the way, um, if you guys are not subscribed to on podcast, uh, podcast, if you guys are not subscribed on Spotify podcasts, please, please, please rate this podcast, uh, share it with friends. Um, and also subscribe that would go that would go a long way but um yeah i really want to um <laughs> i really want to do that i really want to like get a sponsorship from spotify and be like yo we'll throw you x amount of dollars per episode you know what i'm saying like in paid promotions and stuff like that like i could be like yo use discount you know wg2h or something like that like that'd be that'd be dope man that's that's really where i see my life going um, seems unorthodox, you know, but at the end of the day, you only have one life to live. So I live it doing shit that you don't want to do. Um, so with that being said, that is the intro to this episode. Uh, I have an episode, two episodes I'm uploading. So this uh, first one's going to be about uh, the impact of uh, John Madden. May he rest in peace. And this is also um, another installment of uh, I believe this is on first take uh, in regards to the AFC playoff picture and who stands a chance against Kansas City. So thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Willing to Go Ham podcast. I had to, had to get that growth, that growth talk out the way. So thank you guys for listening. And here's the rest of the show. So NFL legend uh, John Madden has passed away. Uh, for those of you who don't know, actually, I got word of it yesterday, man. It is crazy. 
um, to think about because he's done such a great job of staying out of the spotlight and uh, just kind of sort of faded away. I I, th- I heard he was sick. I did hear he was sick like maybe a couple years ago. Um, and I'm not sure what the complications were for uh, that caused his uh, untimely death. But, I mean, the man had lived a pretty long time. Um, his impact on the game of football, I think he helped kind of sort of put football on the map. And I think he made it applicable uh, to individuals who hadn't really watched the game of football, who didn't really know. Um, I'll be honest, I think he is kind of sort of what helped me get into football and helped me with the anticipation, kind of sort of the way he broke things down. So uh, Undisputed with Skip and Shannon uh, is on the commentary, so I'm going to see what they're talking about. I was so shocked and so saddened to hear of John Madden's passing just three days after we here on Fox had aired that powerful documentary Mm -hmm. about his life and impact on Christmas Day. Right. And the thing is, Skip, it is really sad, but at least he got an opportunity to hear people give him his flowers. And now we're about to give him some more flowers. Yeah, I think that John Madden's impact on the game has been, I mean, vast. I mean, uh, if you guys haven't watched the documentary, uh, I watched a little bit of it here and there. But um, for those who don't know, (laughs) Madden was actually drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, in 1957, I want to say. I want to say like somewhere in the 58, maybe he's in the part of that 58 draft as an offensive tackle. Uh, But due to uh, a knee injury that actually sidelined him and he, he was actually forced to retire. But then he picked up coaching, and he ends up he's he's like one of the greatest coaches, uh, I would I would think of all time, if not top ten. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll get to Lakers and Cowboys in a few minutes, but let's first start by paying respect to John Madden, who passed away yesterday at the age of eighty-five. His influence on the sport of football is impossible to overstate. Madden was a legendary figure known to one generation as a Hall of Fame coach, another generation as a sport's greatest announcer, and yet another generation for the video game that bears his name. The first Madden game that I remember playing was, I think, Madden 07. That's the first one I remember buying, like, I remember asking for Christmas because I really wasn't into football. Um, I, I really didn't start getting into football until I'd say maybe 2003 um, is when I was seriously like, Okay, let me understand positions. Let me understand players. What does this player do? What are zone schemes? What is this? What is that? And Madden with the X's and O's, like he used to have these videotapes that, um, shout out to my guy, Mark Brayton. Uh, Mark used to have these, these tapes, and Madden used to talk and give commentary on these tapes as far as why players do what they do. You know, like while the running back is supposed to hit the A gap, what is the A gap? Why do you hit the A gap if the A gap's not open? Like, all these, I think they were called, they weren't Madden Follies, but like they were uh, like instructional videos. And that's what really got me into football. Now, as far as him being a head coach, I never got a chance to really watch him, but I did see a lot of old tapes and old film of him from ESPN um, and just the way he broke things down. And I think I attribute his analysis of the game to the way I understand the game uh, because I'm not a big stats analytical guy i'm not big on you know things like that but i definitely do know the aspects of probability and pattern and the way that madden coaches or at least the way he explained things i'm like okay that makes that makes total sense uh but madden 07 to me was the greatest madden game of all time uh, in my opinion shannon how will you remember john madden as a larger than life figure um, Skip, and the thing that he started out as is he's least known for, and that is a Hall of Fame with Super Bowl winning coach. Yep. I mean, he's definitely known for being a Super Bowl winning head coach as well. I think his record is like 
131 and 39, like 131, 39 and 7, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's definitely a, a well-known head coach uh, for sure. I mean, but maybe not for maybe not for my generation, maybe the generation before mine. But I mean, he's definitely well-known as a head coach. It just depends on who knows what about Madden. I'm old enough to remember John Madden, the football coach. I'm also old enough to remember having him call some of my football games and understanding how special that was, yep. realizing that he was the number one team. Skippy started out at CBS, and the thing was, when he originally started out, he was not paired with Pat Summerall. I'm old enough to remember Pat Summerall was paired with Tom Brokshire. You remember that, too. Yeah, Tom Summerall and John Madden were quite the tandem, man. Um Definitely. I remember they called a game, I think, I want to say like in the mid-90s when I remember watching the game. And I didn't understand what was going on. Keep in mind, I was like maybe, I want to say maybe four or five. But I remember watching the game on my uncle's lap. And I'm just like, I don't know what they're talking about, but I can't keep my eyes off of, you know, the game itself. I can't, you know, I don't know who's playing right now. So uh, Madden was definitely a captivating character on uh, the television, especially as a broadcaster. His commentary is going to be missed. And then he came to Fox. Mm -hmm. Then he went to uh, Monday Night Football. Then he went to a Sunday Night Football on NBC. He actually put Monday Night Football on the map, uh, believe it or not. I, I, I think he put Monday Night Football on the map. And on top of that, when you, if, you just, if you can just imagine hearing that, um, that theme song, the dun, 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 like when you hear that, and then Madden comes on, it's almost as, it's almost as famous as uh, hearing the Sunday Night Football theme, and you have Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth sliding into the, you know, to the frame. Um, that's something that's just embedded in my mind. So he's been called football games, uh, Super Bowl, and big games for all major networks that had the NFL. And Skip, I think the thing is, is that he took the very complex game of football and made it simple. Exactly. That's what helped me understand the game of football. Um, and then eventually my knowledge for the game and love and understanding had grown over the years. Um, he took simple concepts such as, you know, hooking, you know, not the hook and ladder, but like certain offensive concepts. He broke that down so well that even I understood it. And that's when I was like, let me latch on to this because I need the knowledge for this game. And uh, here I am today. Mm. Skip, we can get a, a, a bunch, we can get a three by one We can get five zone, we can get cover five But that's not what he did mm -hmm. He made it simple He said what the Dallas Cowboys are trying to do here They're trying to get Evan Smith in this alley yep. And what they do, they took Nate Newton And they took Mark Stepnowski And yep. they powered through here And they pulled Eric Williams around And you see here he did a boom Skip, he was animated We haven't seen that since He's the gold standard in commentary Because just like he was animated on the sidelines yep. He was animated in the booth He heard the boom, the bam and the circling of the sweat and the perspiration and when it was cold and got I remember I was watching one of the old films and he was uh I think he was coaching against I want to say the Pittsburgh Steelers man and he was going ape shit. Uh he was going ape shit at the ref. I can't remember what it was for, but like he he's throwing his clipboard and throwing pencils and pens and it was wild, man. I was sweating and you could he would circle that. He made it cool to do all of that. Skip it another thing. On Thanksgiving, wasn't nobody giving out no turkey? Wasn't nobody giving out no traducting, no dressing, no pies? He did that. Now everybody give you a meal on Thanksgiving, don't he, Skip? Turducken. He did that, Skip. You know what it was? It was turkey and chicken. Yes, yes. All rolled into one. Okay. And I'm like, because when I first saw it, I'm like, hold up. A turkey ain't got that many legs. How you got eight legs on a turkey? But somehow he came up with that, Skip. And like I said... 
when you go into those production meetings before the the, the night before the the Saturday before the game, Skip, and have him talk to you, and he, you know he would always ask me. How's your brother? Covered my brother a lot, uh, obviously, with the NFC. Fox having the NFC, he covered my brother a lot. Uh, Brett Favre talked about he narrated his basically his career because... Oh, man, look, I'm, I'm going to tell you what. Because of John Madden, two things I want to talk about real quick. Because of John Madden, man, he made Brett Favre larger than life. To, in my humblest opinion, Brett Favre, to me, is one of the most overrated all-time great quarterbacks, man. He's all He's overrated, dude. Way overrated. And John Madden, you he I think he's the one that coined the term uh gunslinger. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong about that. But he made Brett Favre what he was. And I think that Brett Favre embraced that because that when you hear Madden's com like his commentary on Favre, it's like everything he did was godly. He threw a pass that I mean, granted, he used to thread the needle a lot, but he made it seem as though Favre just could do no wrong. You know what I mean? And he really went out of his way to back Brett Favre up because he sucked, man. There was a year where he threw like an equal amount of touchdowns and interceptions. He threw like 40, like, what was it like almost like 38 touchdowns and like 27 interceptions or something like dude, it was bad, man. And two, uh, Shannon Sharp's brother, Sterling Sharp. In my humblest opinion, one of the most underrated wide receivers in NFL history, man. Had he not been riddled with injuries, like there were times that there were talks where um, he was in contact. Let me get out this real quick. Where he was uh, in competition with Jerry Rice as far as being the um, best wide receiver in the league, man. Like he was good. Like st- people sleep on how good Sterling Sharp was, but I think he had maybe a, a five or six year NFL career. But he he was nice. He was definitely nice. He had great hands. Uh, great route running and everything. I mean, clearly the sharp the sharp genes were running very very high uh, and rampant uh, while he was while he was playing because I think Shannon was drafted. I want to say in eighty was it eighty five or eighty six. Uh, one I could be wrong, but when you look at the way that he played the game, and I think it was a neck injury that took him out of uh, that took him out of commission for good. And I think when he had to retire, uh, that was that was very sad, man. It, I, I was. I remember watching, not watching, but I remember like thinking to myself, like, oh, my bad. Shannon Sharp was drafted in 1990. My, my apologies. I'm making him older than what he is. But, yeah, who knows what he would have been had he not have gotten hurt. Again, it's kind of like the Cowboys and the Packers yeah. in the 90s. That was it. Uh, also the 49ers. And stuff. He would always ask me when he come do some of the Broncos game, he would ask me, how's your brother? He said, your brother was on the Hall of Fame arc. He was going to have a great career. He would tell me, you know, Mike said you turned yourself into a great block. Skip, he was just so personable. He was just such a great man. And I think that, like, if you're probably 10 years or younger, you only know him as the Madden game. And if you're probably 30 years, you don't realize that you probably only know him as a broadcaster. Yep. Somebody you and I age, you understand the transition that he transitioned to and became great at all. Yep. The winning percentage of which he had at the Raiders, Skip, in 10 years, he only lost 32 games. In 10 years. That's how great he was. And that Super Bowl season that he went to the – or that year when he went to the Super Bowl, I want to say that was in hmm, – let me think, was that 19, was it 76? Was it 76? I want to say it was 76. 77. Oh, it was the 76 season going into the seven, going into 77. But that year, I mean, dude, he had he had a lot of he had a lot of Hall of Famers, had some all-time greats. I mean, we're talking um, oh, let me think off the top of my head. He had Art Shell. I think he had Art Shell at uh right, no left tackle. Uh that was Gene Upshaw at guard. You had Dave Casper at tight end, Blitnikoff, uh, Fred Blitnikoff 
uh, wide receiver, and Ken Stabler. Like, and he had Willie Brown at corner. Like, one of the, arguably one of the best cornerbacks of all time. So, I mean, he definitely, that was, and that was a group of misfits that he took to the Super Bowl. So, um, he, his, his coaching ability was unbelievable. And to transition to become a broadcaster, and he said, well, I didn't really want to be a broadcaster, but I got out of football and they asked me to do it. And I was like, well, if I don't do it, they might not ever ask me again. And he never looked back. Skip, he's the gold, he's the gold standard. When it comes to color, there's a lot of guys that do it, and there's a lot of guys that do it well at our network and other networks. Ain't bad. Mm-mm. He just had a way with it. It's giving the man cruise up, baby, and the man cruise the book because he wouldn't fly. He was afraid of, he was for, of something happened early in his career that he didn't get on a flight, a flight, and something happened, and he, he never also was just claustrophobic. He was yeah. afraid of heights. Pat mm-hmm. Summerall, Mr. Yeah. Summerall was explaining mm-hmm. that. Skip, but he would that bus. The man cruising, when you see that thing pull up, you out there practice on a Friday, Skip, and you see that thing pull up in the parking lot, it's a big game. Mm. You might have thought it was a big game because you played. Nah, nah. It needed him and Mr. Summerall to pull up for you to realize the magnitude of the game because it was going to 75, 80% of the country. There wasn't no regional, there wasn't no situation going to only be broadcast in your area. When uh, 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 Coach Madden showed up, Mr. Summerall showed up, Skip, you better play, play a bit on your best behavior mm. because everybody's watching mm. and you wanted him to say great things. Skip, I would go home and listen because I have the game recorded. I want to hear what Mr. Madden, Coach Madden said about me. Did I play good? Was I one of those great players that I've heard him talk about before I got into the NFL? Oh, okay, that's me. Skip, it's a sad, sad day for the NFL because they lost a great coach. Yeah, it is a sad day. But I wonder what they're going to do with the games. I wonder what they're going to do uh, with the with the future of the Madden games. I have a feeling they're going to have a Hall of Fame edition with his face on the cover. And that's going to be almost $100. I'm pretty sure it's going to be. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be wild. But all in all, I mean, my memories of Madden in general were a little bit of his commentary. And uh, the video games. So uh, rest in peace to John Madden, man. I think he's uh, helped me during many snow days that I've gotten bored. Hell, I, I just got done playing Madden right now as we speak. You know, so, um, yeah, they, they've... Uh, now, and I will say this about the game, too. Uh, the likeliness in the, in, the, in the name Madden itself is gold. But the product they've been putting out after Madden 07, matter of fact, I'll say, even, I'll say after Madden 08 has been trash. <laughs> it's been terrible. So um, I wish that they would kind of sort of clean that up a little bit. But this may be the rise of NFL 2K again. You know, you never know. Um, and I think that people are just going to buy the Madden game for the sake of, or at least the new Madden 23. They'll buy that for the sake and out of respect for John Madden. So we'll have to see what happens. Rest in peace to John Madden. I'm out. So now that week 15 is behind us in the NFL uh, this regular season is coming to a close now. Uh, there's been a lot of change as of late. The Chiefs have found some way to turn it around. Um, you have teams who started off very hot, and now they're starting to kind of fizzle out a little bit. You, excuse me. You have certain teams that are just now kind of sort of trying to find their stride. Um, and things are getting a little bit interesting. So uh, the first state crew decided they were going to give their take. <laughs> Double entendre, I'm just playing. Uh, they decided that they were going to give their uh, ad, well, their uh, expert opinion on how they think this is going to shake up for the AFC. Because now it seems as though the Chiefs are the new girl in school that everyone wants to chase. So. The playoff 
after in the AFC starting to get clearer. The Bills took down the Patriots, grabbed first place in the AFC East, at least for this week, after a big day from Josh Allen that included 314 passing yards and three TDs in Foxborough. Me uh, yeah, and for the record, if Josh Allen continues to play like this, I don't see any team in the AFC that can beat the Bills. Um, but what you're gonna, but what the Bills are gonna need, and I think I talked about this on my last pod, what the Bills are gonna need is for Josh Allen <clears throat> to remain even keel and to make sure that he can keep his emotions in check. That's one of the things that they're gonna need um, because now that they understand that they don't have much of a rushing attack when you have a dual threat quarterback. <clears throat> like a Josh Allen, he does so much for that offense. And it looks as though that foot injury is not affecting him anymore. So that's definitely good for uh, that's good for him. Um, but we'll have to see how the rest of the season pans out. Carson Wentz and the Colts got it done Saturday against the Cards, perhaps one of Wentz's best performances for the horseshoe. He threw for 225 and two TDs to hand the Cards their third straight loss. Of course, everyone is chasing. Yeah, so two things with that. Uh, Wentz has proven that he's actually managed to pan out in Indianapolis. I, I had said it prior to when the Eagles wanted to trade Carson Wentz, so there were rumors about it. I said that that was a perfect destination for Carson Wentz. Unfortunately, uh, Wentz is uh, now sidelined with the COVID. <coughs> that was not a COVID call. But he's now sidelined with COVID, so they're going to have to find somebody to take his place. I don't think they were, they really believe in Jacob uh, Esslinger, I think is his name, or Jake Esslinger, or whoever that, the backup quarterback is for the Colts. But they were humming, they were humming along really well throughout the season. Uh, obviously going through a lot, of, um, a lot of hiccups with it being the first time in his offense. The Colts are going to be much better next season. So um, I know that Wentz won't be playing this week, but I do know that the Colts are somehow going to sneak their way into the... Uh, into the playoff picture. And they're going to be a very formidable opponent. Facing the Chiefs who completely blew out RC Steelers yesterday have now Whoa. won. <laughs> <He's, yo. laughs> Ryan Clark. <laughs> Ryan Clark would have smacked the shit out of Molly. <laughs> He's like, Whoa, bitch, what? <laughs> I'm a Giants fan. Dang. I mean, it doesn't Ooh. get more pathetic than But every than time me. the Giants play, I'm not like they just completely. <laughs> Blew out Molly's no, diet. They're so irrelevant, You'd we don't even talk that about for like them. Six years I'm saying, like, nobody came here and said, well, Molly's Giants answered a question that nobody you asked say, and said that well, Timmy Tough Nuts and well, you just uh, Daniel Jones. You are, just did it now. Going, you oh, and apparently, the Giants are sticking with Daniel Jones, and I have an issue with that, but that's not a subject in today's show. Also yeah, well, guess what, Molly? They don't have a choice but to stick with, Jan with Daniel Jones because uh, there's not a quarterback in this draft that's going to fix the Giants' problems. To be honest with you, I don't even think Daniel Jones is the problem with uh, the New York Giants. I think the issue is, number one, Joe Judge. Number two, it's the Mirror family because they don't know how to draft talent. And I would say number three, it's definitely – or is it, is it Gettleman or is it the Mirror family? I can't remember which one, who's the family is the, that's the owner. But also, they have a lot of offensive issues and offensive woes, and they've managed to pay Saquon Barkley a buttload of money. And um, he's quickly – like not progressing, so or if anything, he's regressing uh, into a, into a shell of himself after that injury that he had last season. So uh, things aren't looking too bright for them. Benched a quarterback, started another guy, and then benched him for the guy that they benched him yeah. for in a matter of like yeah. thirty-five Guess minutes. What? A lot of benching. Two words. Hi, Matt. Dan, who is the biggest threat to the Chiefs in the AFC? Because we just heard you in the last segment. You're real high on them as the best team in the NFL. Yeah. Well. 
before Dan Orlovsky gives his take, I like Dan Orlovsky. I like his uh, his analysis of the game is very interesting to me. So the biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs, if I had to pick, there's a couple teams that I could see. Number one, it's the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are a, a huge threat to the Chiefs. I think that um, they have the offense that's well-equipped to battle out against that defense. Um Defensively, I'm still a little worried about them as far as uh, their linebackers go. Like they don't have, especially losing Tredavious White, they don't have the corners that can really hold a Tyreek Hill. Uh, they have a really de- a decent pass rush. I like their secondary with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. But other than that, I mean, it's they're kind of suspect on defense. But when Josh Allen is hot, and now, like I said, that they figured out that they can increment Josh Allen into the offense. Um, that helps out a ton. Now you have a, a, a dual threat at quarterback who can get you yards. I think that there was that fourth down play I remember watching against New England, and he almost took it to the house, man. I mean, he could have. But he, I mean, if he would have sidestepped a little bit, but he's playing really well, in my opinion. I think the Chiefs are, and I think the team that is best suited to knock them off is the Indianapolis Colts, and I have felt that way for a while. Okay, so... Dan, I see where you're going with this, man. I see where you're going with this. Here's the thing. The Colts, now given Carson Wentz isn't going to be playing this week. The reason why I think that the Colts can knock off the Chiefs is because of that the run attack. Their run attack is vicious, man. Like, that offensive line is stout, okay? They have a stout offensive line. You have a quarterback in Wentz who, granted, you don't. They almost won. They they went to the playoffs last year with a hobbled Philip Rivers who can't move. Carson Wentz can move. Where I kind of sort of folly on Carson Wentz is his decision making. But you look at the receivers. They have Michael Pittman. They have T. Y. Hilton. They have Paris Campbell. You have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Naeem Himes. Uh, you all, Hines. You also have uh, Marlon Mack, who's kind of sort of in and out, you know, whenever he needs to be. But for the most part, I love I love what they have on offense. I mean, their offense is is pretty good. And not to mention that they're going to be playing outside. Uh, they're definitely a team that can weather the storm. But I'm wondering about their defense. Uh, their defense is uh, they have some weeks where they're good. They have some weeks where they're not playing as well. Uh, I do know that I, I I'm a huge fan of Darius Leonard. I think that he's definitely earned the contract that he's gotten uh, so far. Um, and I, I, like I said, I, I like I like what they got. I really do. Um, also, like I said, they got Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner. Uh, they have EJ Speed. Uh, they also have, um, what's that guy's name? Um, Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes, who's who's having a, a solid Pro Bowl season. I think he's picked that he's an alternate. Um but I like I like what they have on defense, and also they have the head hunter Andrew Sandejo. So, um, but I I think that they're gonna have to play keep away from Pat Mahomes if they're gonna even attempt to win the game, and they're gonna have to score points early and often. Now, I think because of the style of football that they play, number one, their offensive line is fantastic. I think they God, look. Look, let me tell you something, man. How how do I get on one of these networks, man? How do I get on ESPN, bro? How? <laughs> I haven't seen this episode. I literally just picked this episode out of the bunch because I, I thought that the headline the headline was uh, was interesting. But damn it, I, this is what I was thinking too. I, I, I kid you not. 
right now the best offensive line in football. I think that their variety of run game is awesome. I think they have a... That took the words right out of my mouth, Dan. I wish you'd respond to my tweets. Tailback, they can get you the 30 yards, the two or three yards that aren't there. And then they have a tailback that can go 80. Not, I don't know if there's a team in the NFL that has the, the, the combo in one guy that the Colts have in Jonathan Taylor, who I still believe is the MVP of the NFL. Um, uh, will they give the MVP to a, um, to a running back? I think he's closing in on almost 2K, like I think almost 2,000 yards, all purpose. But I think this year's MVP is going to go to Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to go to him again uh, because of that loss to Kansas City, which I think if Rodgers plays, Kansas City would have got smoked. So, you know, you can do without a Jonathan Taylor because the offensive line is so well. I would pick Taylor to be my um, MVP this year, but I think that Rodgers has proven that his value – with him being away, um, stands. So I think it's going to go to him. It went back to back. I think that their quarterback had a moment this past weekend. That's just me being honest. I think their quarter. Listen, the, the the game really game ceiling touchdown pass to Michael Pittman. I'll be honest with you guys. If that was Aaron Patrick, uh, Josh, it would be all over every sports network. Certainly ours. It's not getting talked about. I don't know if it was because of Saturday or it was because of Carson Wentz. This one. That is one of the five best throws I've seen Carson Wentz make. Yeah, and for those who don't know, Dan Orlovsky is a giant, giant Carson Wentz fan uh, <laughs> and a huge advocate for him. And I see the talent. I think he's a very talented quarterback, but I think he's got way too much Brett Favre in him. Way too much Brett Favre, and he'll throw and make crucial mistakes in 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 moments that you don't need him to, to do, So that you don't need him to make those mistakes. So... We'll have to see. Uh, but I like what I've seen out of him so far. I think this is the best he's played since he's left Philadelphia. But nothing's going to top that 2017 season that he had. Like that, he was he was unreal, man. That that 2017 almost MVP season and how he didn't win the MVP, I, honestly, I think it comes down to his availability since he went out in week 13. Keep in mind, he led the league in touchdowns when he went out in week 13 or 14. I, I want to say it was week 13 against the Rams. He, it took Tom Brady or whoever was next up, it took them almost four games to catch up to Carson Wentz. And I think he only beat him by one touchdown. Russell Wilson, I think, was close behind Wentz at 33 touchdowns. Wentz had 34. But it took the whole league to catch up to him. So I think he proved that he could have won that MVP. But but everything just, it, it, everything happens, it happens for a reason. I've seen him take every single snap of his professional career. It's the best throw I've seen him make since the one to Miles Sanders against the Washington football team. That was sick. That was a sick pass, man. If you, if you guys got Tom, YouTube that. YouTube that pass that he had to Miles Sanders, that dart that he just threw right to Miles Sanders. And the fact that I want to say, was it, um, it wasn't Josh Norman. I can't remember who it was. Was it Will Blackman? Somebody was on him in the end zone, and Wentz was rolling over to, he was rolling over to his right. And Wentz just sidearmed it, man, and it was perfect. And 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 it the ball came to Miles Sanders so fast and so hard, it knocked him backwards, and he still and he and he caught the touchdown. It beautiful pass. And that's his moment that he hasn't had really since 2017. Like he had some of those in 2019, but not against a competition like the Cardinals in a moment like primetime football and and the whole nation watching. So because he had that moment and their style of run game. I think that they're capable of going at this Kansas City Chiefs defense. 
Michael Pittman winning those one-on-one balls. And then there- yeah, there's nobody on the Chiefs that, that can hold Michael Pittman. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's nobody on the Chiefs that can hold him. Nobody. No one can hold him. Like he's he's literally like he's literally like Mike Evans, but smaller. Like that's he's he's got that type of an upside. And this is all that I've seen from him this season. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, it could be that you know what maybe they do end up blowing the Colts out. But I think that this team that Casey has right now isn't invincible. Their defense is a defense that does not give you the ball over the over the top. Like you got to go earn. Everything Darius Leonard should be in the defensive player of the year conversation. I agree. I agree 100%. He's been one of the best outside linebackers um, to play. Actually, the best linebackers in the past maybe four, three or four years. Buckner's fantastic. Their style of ball. I just think they're... Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we so threw, Miley, we Miley. threw the parade. It was so, good. So I, I get the colors Miley, now. Here is, uh, here is why I love Dan Orlovsky. One, he's great on TV. Yep. Extremely intelligent yep. uh, when it comes to football. He's the most loyal person he is. I've ever seen. I, like if, 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 if Dan rides with you, he will ride with you forever. Like, Look, if I could find a woman as loyal to me that Dan Orlovsky is to Carson Wentz, well, I tell you what, fellas, we'd all be happy, wouldn't we? Because through thick or thin, this man will ride with Carson Wentz until the sun goes down, man. I'm telling you. Dan is the type of dude you rob a bank with. Because no matter what, no matter how many years they say, Dan, if you if, if you don't if if you just do this by yourself, you're gonna get thirty years. Dan say, oh, by myself. Dan will go to jail for his friends. Cause clearly, was the Carson Wentz play good? Absolutely. Would it be on every on every network? Would we talk about it constantly if it was one of those other guys? Probably so, because we see it from them all the time, and we just love it. It was a huge moment. But don't act like you didn't watch the Buffalo Bills since the second half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't act like you haven't seen Josh Allen, who throughout the year hasn't been playing at an MVP level, but right now is. You're not going to be comfortable walking in walking into Kansas City, right, and Carson Wentz is your quarterback. But the Buffalo Bills, when they show up in Kansas City, right, Sean McDermott, when he gets to Kansas City. And- because they've already whooped their ass before. <laughs> That's why they're going to feel comfortable. I would actually trust Josh Allen over Carson Wentz because I think Allen's intangibles. His intangibles are to uh, stick it to the team, stick it to the defense. That's what the Bills want to do with Stephon Diggs, with Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Cole Beasley, or COVID Cole is what I call him. Like, that's a team that I think they've already faced adversity with the Chiefs before. And they went into Arrowhead, waxed that ass, and, uh, yeah, they managed to do some damage. So that's a team that I don't think that Kansas City wants to face again, in my opinion. And he looks down, and he sees that dude, number 17, he's going to be like, oh, I got me one. I got somebody that could go out here and compete with 15. I got somebody that could go out here and make plays against this defense. Do I think the Colts are good? Is it a team I'd want to play? Absolutely not. But to say right now, you take them over the Buffalo Bills, I'm not sure what happened to you. Did you get bad Buffalo wings? I mean, what is going on with you that you won't put Josh at? Yeah, uh, I honestly, I think that the Bills, that, the Bills, that makes a great case. The Bills, to me, are a team that uh, they can stifle the Chiefs, but they're just not physical enough, in my opinion. They're just not. They're just not. They're just not a physical team. You must have been the Patriots. And now, 
And now you're totally skipping over what we've seen from Josh Allen and this team the last few weeks. You know who you, you, know who you like right now? You know, you, you're like my, my, my beautiful wife right now. So, I so got me my, and Tim? I got can't you. Whoa, pause. Definitely can't say nothing bad about nah, her. I'm disappointed in you. Like, <laughs> like she was disappointed on me on Christmas morning. Because this is what happened. Why? Did you get no gifts? No, I got Don't her. tell me. No. That's the worst. I Don't thought I got a guy that doesn't get, get your wife. I thought I disappointed. This is the Would you get her like a Erica? vacuum? That's nah, the worst. Pause, you got to buy you a practical gift. No, I bought her a I bag. I bought her a bag. But this is the exact thing that happened. She was disappointed in me because okay. she unwrapped the wrapping and saw the box. Okay. And it was a three-letter box. And she was like. I saw the excitement on her face, and then she opened the box and saw the bag, and she was like, nice, cool, complete disappointment in the what? bag that oh, I Oh, because it was a different brand. No, it was oh, the same bag. brand. She just didn't like the bag. All right, so they're obviously talking about a whole lot of nothing at this point, <laughs> to say the least, but um, the Chiefs are going to have their hands full. I think it looks like they're going to end up getting that uh, that AFC, uh, that first seed. They're going to get the one seed, and whoever comes, man, like I said, if it's Buffalo, whether it's Buffalo... Um, or it's the Colts, maybe even the Titans, but we'll have to see if Derrick Henry's healthy enough. Um, they're going to have the work cut out for them. I think that this year, uh, a lot of teams, are they're, they're, they more so want to stick it to the Chiefs as opposed to cower down in fear at Arrowhead. So, you know, there's not a team in the AFC that can that is inv- invincible, but I do think every team has their flaws and every team can be beat. So this year's playoff is going to be really interesting, but we'll have to see.